right, AWAS. Blake, welcome back to the Slightly Fuzz podcast. Uh, Wade and, and Mike, welcome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you guys being on. Uh, a lot has changed. I think you were on episode, like, what, uh, 18, 19, something around there? Something like that. It was pretty early, yeah. Yeah, so a lot has changed just in the last, like, 20 episodes or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think when you were on, you had maybe just put out Wayward Gods. Like, it was, like, just being released yeah. at that point. Yeah, it was pretty fresh. So since then, I mean, the amount of shows and new band members and, and all that kind of stuff, a lot has changed since then. So um, how is it going for AWAS these days? It's it's gone fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, ever uh, ever since the Monolord show, man, you know, like things have really been skyrocketing. You know, we're, we're doing a repress of the vinyl. Uh, we've got some shows coming up. We've got a tour coming up in July uh it's 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 all over the place but you know yeah. largely thanks to these two yeah so how how did that happen because i think that when you were on last time you were kicking the around the idea of maybe playing with a full band so you could do more shows that kind of stuff but i don't i don't know maybe maybe you just kept it close to the chest but i don't know that these two were specifically involved at that point maybe i don't know i think at that point we i just started talking to them all that um yeah. well, we I, may have like jammed once yeah at that point. yeah so mm-hmm. we, we had like an informal jam session just to kind of you know get to know each other a little bit um i originally i hit up wade first um and uh you know we we hit it off and he was like you want a bassist and i was like yeah bassist would probably be, you know pretty good to have um so so we brought in mike and you know it's like we we were just jamming from the beginning and it was it was just total chemistry you know yeah Uh, it's it's kind of that that type of thing of uh you know when when you find musicians that you gel with you have to immediately just pursue it um you know there's there's a a certain kind of magic that's really really hard to uh to capture um plus we get along really well (laughs) um you know, so that makes yeah. it really easy. I, yeah, I mean that's definitely important. And I'm not much of a musician, but I have I've played with a few dudes over the years and starting back in high school and shit. And um, there's been guys that I just love like hanging out with and talking music and would play with them, you know, and it it would be great. But there's also people that were just musicians and we try to play together and it just it nothing happened. You know, it wasn't fun. We didn't have the same kind of like chemistry to to really play on anything. So yeah, I. I would assume that once you find that, like you got to kind of latch onto it. Yeah. Once you know, you know, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's going to work or not work right away. Yeah. You can play with the most talented musicians. I know I have in the past and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like you can have all the talent in the world, but if there's not that inner kid, that spark, you know, that you feel right off the bat. Like when Blake and I literally like he turned on his amp and it just immediately, we just started playing and yeah. it just, I don't know. We went to like I guess, 10, I guess you 12 minutes. You could force it. Maybe, you know, for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Not not a great uh, recipe for success, though. I'm sure there's plenty of bands that that find success and then continue to force it after that oh, yeah. because they oh, yeah. don't want to give up on it, right? But oh, yeah. a lot of- um, so uh, Wade and Mike, you, you guys were in a band called Hub and Weep, right? Yeah. Correct. 
Correct. And I I didn't know that you guys were, were from Arizona. I knew that uh, about the band. I don't know a year or so ago, and and I think there's a song on the Slightly Fuzz playlist, and and I thought it was a great record that you guys put out. So, um, but I I don't know that I would put you guys necessarily in the same like category. Awas and and Hub and Weep don't really sound anything alike. Was this just like kind of the music that you wanted to make, or like how did how did Hub and Weep uh, come about? And then what was it like kind of joining forces with Blake into this new project? I mean, when we started Hope uh, and Weep, we were just wanted to do just, just kind of slower, groovier songs. It was a three-piece at first, and then we added keyboards and all that. Super fun for a while, but then, like, I just want to play music in the end. Like, it doesn't really matter as long as I like the music. It's not some, you know, poppy kind of shit. Like, I just like playing music. So, um, at the time, you know, Hints and I, we weren't really doing anything, and Blake hit me up, and I'm like, hey, cool, let's jam, let's do something, and kind of went from there. So Blake, um, wh- how, how has AWAS changed as far as like musically now or even process wise? I mean, you had full control over everything going into it. You put out the record on your own. Every aspect of it was controlled by you. And I think that, that I made the joke last time, like if you do have some more people in on the band, like is it going to be a collective like input or is it just you going to be like directing people into what you want you know and and what is it what has that been like now that you have other people in the mix like is it is it weird do you feel like you're kind of out of control or is it welcome like having creative other other people's creative uh forces coming in or i mean i would say that you know depending on the day uh i i'm a lot more relaxed about the writing process now um because we actually work together on the songs um, and even, you know, songs off of Wayward Gods that we have in our live set, uh, have changed pretty drastically, you know, like the, the beginning and ending of From Chains are different now. Um, we decided to just, you know, partially just because we're a three piece, uh, to take out the solos and, and just really ride the groove a lot more. Um, but in terms of the, the new stuff that we're writing, you know, like we have, a, we essentially have like a, a Dropbox that we all work, work in. You know, and and we'll uh, we'll add in ideas there and feedback. You know, back and forth. Um, you know, our, our our group chat is is pretty much constantly going. Um, largely my fault. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, but it, it, everything from the the music to the lyrics to the the direction to artwork you know that we're we're working with it's you know nothing is just like me saying hey we're doing this uh learn your parts um it's more just like what do you guys think what should we do with this what would be better um you know like Wade came over uh, what was that a couple weeks ago um you know and and we just we essentially tore apart a song that I've been working on for about a month because uh, I, I was about to just lose my fucking mind. Um, and uh, yeah, we just had beers and, and toured apart, you know. Um, and uh, me and me and Mike have, you know, weekly vocal practices where we just work on our vocals because we're doing, you know, vocal harmonies. Um, so just, you know, everything is uh, as, as far from a kind of a dictatorial direction as I as I can make it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are like a like a real band. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, you know, it's not going to be like written by Blake Carrera on on the the second album. It's it's going to be everything's, you know, yeah. written and composed by AWOS because it's true. Yeah, I mean, and obviously with the three of you sitting there, maybe you're not going to be as honest. But to me, like <laughs> going from like a solo thing, if I brought it someone into like slightly fuzzed, I mean, I would have a real hard time giving up control over shit. You know, <laughs> it's it's been good for me. Um, yeah both songwriting and and just mentally <laughs> yeah uh to to cede some control and cede some responsibility over you know like we we were just talking today about different things that we're going to start doing um in terms of some of our marketing approaches and division of of labor and making sure that uh you know we're all you know have our have our roles and making sure that it's you know not so much just Hey, Blake is, you know, behind this and this and this and this, you know, it's, it's now we, we all have our responsibilities. Right. It's been cool to like, kind of watch the growth of it, because like I said, like when, when you and I kind of started talking or even had you on the podcast, it was like, you had a song out or a couple songs out and you were in the process of getting that first album out, but like getting to know you over that time and seeing like, we have a single out. Now we have an album out. Now we have vinyl out. And now there's reception. Now there's like really great comments coming in. Now there's like good reviews coming in. Now there's like people interested in it. Now they're sharing it. And now things are growing. Now we're doing shows with big bands. And like now we're doing a repress. Like, you know, just seeing like all that shit happen kind of from like the ground level is is cool to watch. I mean, and and I've gotten to know a lot of bands and stuff through Slightly Fuzz and, and stuff like that. But just seeing kind of like the evolution of a band you know because it, it started as a one person thing to this band and, and the reception to it and people's thoughts on it and stuff has just been like awesome to watch it's been awesome to experience <laughs> it's been fast yeah. it's been fast what you released in december uh november, november 5th november so yeah yeah five months now six yeah months? and yeah. we've only i mean we didn't really really get going on practice you know, like working on our set until what, like January yeah. after the, after the new year. That's when, like, we were. I had an idea that I wanted to play that model Lord show, but it was just a matter of getting approval from uh, their touring manager and whatnot. And uh, but I always had it, and they're like, "No, we're gonna play that show. Let's get be show ready by March." So we definitely, um, you know, got down to business and practiced all the time and really ironed out our set. And uh, especially with uh, adding some new material and uh, along with some of the older stuff. So it's been uh, it's been cool, man. Yeah. So let's talk about that Monolord show, because like, <laughs> I know you're I know you're a huge fan of Monolord. I mean, we talked about it on the last podcast and like I think you were on the episode after. Thomas yeah, you, well, you, uh, <laughs> you slotted me right in there after yeah. uh, Thomas. Figure I, I didn't. It, uh at all have an inferiority complex or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't even know that you were such a big fan going into it. And, and like to even back then, long before the show, like was even a thing, like to hear that you were such a fan of Monolord and stuff like that, you know, and then fast forward, I don't know what it was, a few months, a handful of months and, and hearing that you're going to open up for them. I mean, you and I have talked about it a little bit, but like, what was that like? What, what did it feel like to either get the invite and know you're going to be on it, but show up that morning and be like, we're going to, we're going to meet them. We're going to play with them. We're going to be on the same stage. We're going to see the banner behind us while we play. Like, you know, what, what was that like? Uh, 
surreal, I would say, is probably the best way to describe it. Um, you know, uh, getting to to share the stage with, with people that you really admire, um, you know, can be a little nerve wracking, um, without a doubt. But, you know, someone put it to me this, I mean, these guys, because you guys had opened in previous band for, for Monolord. So, oh, yeah. okay, really? No. Yeah, these these guys were just like, eh, it's just Monolord. But you know, it's um, it it was just a, it was a really big honor, um, and you know, we ended up just having a just a great time, you know, and uh, you know, just decided to start off with a really small act for our first show. Yeah, um, sold, sold out show. Yeah, just yeah. A, a sold out <laughs> show at a at a legendary venue opening for Monolord and Fire Breather. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean it. It was it was just uh, it was really cool, you know. And um, went into you know, especially as long as I'm on stage with these guys, like I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty calm and collected. Um, you know, at first I was a little little. Uh, shitting myself to be completely honest <laughs> um yeah. you know but as as we practice more as we you know really honed our our set and our sound and you know how we sound together um you know it became a lot easier and uh, the day of was actually just a, a really relaxing day you know I had a buddy come into town um from utter scorn um, he helped us with uh, a lot of our loading in and loading out, so that was really awesome. So that kind of helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic. What did you get to hang with with any of the guys in Fire Breather or Monolord? I mean, did you get any feedback from anyone? Would they, did they talk about you know your set or the band? Or I mean, did you get any sort of feedback from anybody? I think we all talked to. Each one of the band members briefly. Yeah. Talked to some more than others. Uh, you know, I talked to Thomas for a second before we uh, wrapped up. And yeah. Nicholas has a clock blowing. Yeah. Nicholas and Firebreather, he was really cool. Yeah. Us well, up, they, uh, they were on the, start. the tail end of a long tour with bus yeah. on and everything else. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, they were probably just resting before the show. I think they had right. to go from what, Dallas? Yeah, so we were told was, they drove from like Dallas, which is a, I know very well is a sixteen hour drive to, yeah, yeah. to get here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's like sixteen, seventeen hours from Austin to Illinois because I've made that trip a bunch of times, and it doesn't seem like it's that far from Dallas to Arizona. It seems like they're right next to each other, but Texas is so fucking big that you know. Yeah, and you're, it's you're like going hours to anywhere, I guess. And then New Mexico. Yeah, and then you got New Mexico, and then you got a little bit of Arizona to get through. Yeah. Mm-hmm long drive so yeah they were uh but they were great everybody's great fire breather awesome cool dudes yeah, yeah seeing them live was great they, i mean uh, their entire team honestly like you know their uh roadies and whatnot you know the merch people everybody was really cool yeah i mean they it was uh it wasn't like there was any kind of like disdain for the little local band you know like they <laughs> yeah. they, they treated us like you know like musicians right I think that you said that it was a pretty big, decent sized venue, right? I mean, but when they played in Chicago, I think it was Reggie's, which is pretty small. I think this is a smaller venue. It's, it's three hundred three 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 fifty max. I think. I think they okay. probably, depends on the band. They'll pack in extra people if needed. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's like three three fifty. It's not 
it's not terrible. Was was playing on like in the venue different for you guys? Was it like bigger than normal? Was it weird on the big stage with their kind of setup behind you, or or is that is that kind of what you're used to? I mean, we've played that venue a few times. Uh, last time they came through, they were actually playing a bigger venue, um, just a bigger stage, different setup. I mean, still like people wise, still about like three fifty through like four hundred. But mm-hmm. it was just, uh, it's like an, it was an old movie theater they turned into a venue and like way bigger stage, a lot more room to kind of like, uh, well, for these guys to move around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, this is like a really famous uh, venue in Arizona. Like it used to be called the Mason Jar, but like every band that was a band played there, like Nirvana, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, like Soundgarden, yeah. Black Flag. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome. It was super cool to play there again. I know it was Blake's first time, and he was geeking out over it. And I kind of just a little some bit flyers of it's like, oh, what Nirvana and Salgar play together? I'm like, yeah, here's a flyer of them playing that venue together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> nerves. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on that topic, like, dude, you you did awesome. Like, yeah, thanks, you man. know, you guys like great. he was very calm, collected. He just he owned his shit and he fucking crushed it. So you said that you, there was a couple new tracks in there. In the set or song in the set list. Okay. It'll be on the, the second album. Was that recorded? Does anyone get a sneak peek of that before uh, before any <laughs> new music is released? Maybe. We were having some uh, some mic trouble on my end um, okay. a little bit uh, during that song. Um, but, uh, you know, there might be, be some, some bits and pieces that come out. Um, yeah. You know, it, uh, it's, a, it's a cool song. We're, we're really proud of it. Um, you know, we worked really hard on it and, you know, I, I had, uh, a lot of the, the kind of bones of it and these guys just took it and made it a, a whole different level. You know, uh, we, you know, realized it, it was kind of a, with how I, I had originally written a lot of the bones, it was, it was really repetitive and these guys were like, no, 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 that's not going to fly. Um, um so you know we we worked on revamping things wrote new lyrics to it you know um we wrote a a a really a a fun bridge to play that's a lot of fun it's a burner yeah yeah it's good so i i kind of already asked this but i want to ask you again like has the music changed from like your from wayward gods at least you know is it becoming more melodic is it becoming darker is it becoming faster is it anything that you feel like is getting um, kind of warped into <laughs> yeah the answer is yes yeah it's getting darker <laughs> some stuff's faster i mean i mean wayward gods was pretty dark so I mean, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's 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 definitely uh you're gonna get your, your fair share of darkness um don't don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. These guys would be better equipped to answer that question than me. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's great. It's great. It uh, definitely is more of a burner. This the the new song. Uh, it's not as dark as the other ones, but I think what we did with uh, the way we're God songs made them so much more accessible live. And some of the things we do, people are very we're very responsive to at the Model Lord show. Uh, as far as you know. Little, little little trick things, you know. It's, it's fun. It's fun, but yeah, we uh, we definitely are getting our live set honed in. It's good, and these songs are 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 turning into a little new amalgamation of all of our musical styles. So very much. That's yeah. so. good. We we've, we've all left our footprint on on both 
the way we're God songs as they're now presented on the, the live set, um, as well as the new songs that we're writing. Yeah, there's a little bit of each of us in it. Gotcha. So Blake, what do you think, and this is, this is going to sound like a weird question to ask, but I feel like when you're, when you're making, when you're making something, whether it's art or music or, or whatever, I mean, you're, you're almost too close to it and you, you feel maybe it's good or maybe you feel like it's terrible and you hope people think it's good <laughs> and people give you their feedback in different ways and they say, Oh no, it's great or whatever. Um, but the, the feedback that you've got for wayward, wayward gods has been like, in, in my opinion, amazing. I mean, people have really, really appreciated it and, and really seem to dig it. So what is it about, what to you do you think is it about a wayward gods that draws people to it? I mean, what is it that sets it apart from other things? What is it that people are drawn to about wayward gods specifically that seem to be connecting with people? And, and maybe that sounds like a clunky question, but I feel like when you're making art, you go, I, I did the best I could, I like it or I don't like it or whatever, and people connect with it or they don't. But in your opinion, what is it about that album that people seem to really be digging right now? Uh, I mean, I think people are are really attracted to the the darkness and the heaviness of it. Um, you know, the, the 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 vocals aren't necessarily the most intelligible, but you know, especially if you read the, the vocals, if you get pick up the vinyl or you know the CD or whatever, um, you know, I'm I, I think that people connect with the lyrics to a certain extent. You know, they're they're super personal songs. Um, you know, and I, I wanted them to, to be relatable to, to people going through some shit, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what, what was it that, that you guys, uh, liked about it? Cause obviously you joined the band. So it's fucking, it's fucking heavy, dude. It is fucking heavy. And it's not like, I mean, there's all, all different types of heavy, but it's not, I don't know. It's like simplistic, but like in a good way, it's not like you don't have to like over process it and overthink it you just enjoy it and like i mean the one song that i heard was uh man is god is the first one and it was like a fucking freight train just running me over i was like what the fuck is this like great melody like i think you were mentioning before in an interview like something like galloping fucking uh stampede or some shit like an army marching through and that's exactly what it felt like and that's actually the first song we learned together as a as a group um it just felt really good we changed it up a little bit and but it still fucking just demolishes and there's a lot of sincerity in it too like you can tell you can smell fake you know people are just yeah. and uh there's nothing nothing fake about AOS. i mean everything blake's written or writing now is is pretty personal and there's no it's just straight up doomy awesomeness yeah so yeah i mean we we didn't we didn't want to you know like when i was writing the first album and as we're we're writing the, the second album you know we we didn't want to just fall into like tropes you know um like man is god you know like you're saying it, it's one of our most popular songs um arguably the most popular um and it doesn't have a fucking chorus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know um the, the chorus is, is guitar you know so yeah um i think we we were we were playing with with catchy song structure but messing with it a little bit as well um and i think that kind of interested people yeah right on so also in that time you started blake you started uh 
doing some like reviews and interviews and stuff for the the Ripple Effect. Yeah, yeah, that started uh, about, about a month or two ago. Yeah, I I mean, I know that that you had talked to to Todd a few times and stuff like that, so I'm not you know surprised that he they put you to work on on something. But what is it like, uh, you know, talking to some of these bigger bands? I mean, you talked to Acid Mammoth and Stoner and and stuff like that. I mean. To be kind of like thrown into that, did you have a like a background in, in some of this kind of stuff, or did he just kind of throw you to the wolves yeah. there, or what? Uh, somewhat. Uh, I was an English major, and then I got my my master's in creative writing. And when I was in grad school, one of the side jobs is you can't you can't <laughs> live off of the the teaching stipend that you get. Uh, but I worked for an arts and entertainment uh, newspaper uh, when I lived up in Flagstaff. Um, so I'd had the opportunity to to interview different bands before they would come through town and stuff. Um, so, um, but nothing nothing quite as fun as this, you know, because I'm getting to to talk to bands that I love, you know. Yeah. Um, you do you know, do so like phone like phone interviews or how how do you conduct this? Over email, just because a lot of the bands yeah. that I've interviewed, you know, because I've done reviews and, and interviews mostly for for Ripple Effect, um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the bands that I've interviewed are over in Europe, so it kind of makes a, a phone interview pretty hard, um, yeah. especially, with, you know, they've got work schedules, you know, because it's, uh, doom is not the most profitable genre. <laughs> yeah, I figured that out even even with the podcast. Like, I, I've tried to manage schedules with people in, like, Australia or Sweden or something, yeah. and it's like, we all have full-time jobs, but also we are, we're on, like, a 12-hour difference <laughs> time zone-wise. Plus, like, I have kids that I'm trying to put to bed. Plus, like, I don't want to do it in the morning, really, because I, I, you know, just not very, uh, very interesting at that time of the day. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to find some time where I can have a couple of drinks, maybe, or something. And like, it's tough. It's tough finding that schedule. But um, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's pretty rad, though, that you get to uh, to talk to some of these bands and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Ask Mammoth. Haze Maze. Um, there's there's quite a few in the the works right now as well. Yeah. Um, so it's just been a good time, you know. I mean, I get to to flex different writing muscles, and and I get to just talk about music with people that I respect. Yeah. Have you found anything like particularly interesting from any of these bands so far that that you weren't quite expecting, or? Um, I mean, I've gotten to know a lot of them just as as people outside of it. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, Ludwig from from Haze Maze uh, gives me just crazy off the wall, like 70s Swedish prog recommendations to check out. Uh, so I found some pretty cool bands that way. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Chris from from Acid Mammoth, uh, you know, we yeah. talk about B movies a lot. Uh, so he kind of he turned me on to, to one of my favorite movies I've ever, actually ever seen. Uh, What's that? Uh, Simon King of the Witches. It's a uh, it's pretty pretty weird like 1970s occult like B movie. How do you how do you find that movie? Where like where can you stream it or download it or or whatever? How do you find it? I found this. I have like a, a TV that has apps and stuff, and I found this random app uh, that had it with uh, ads. So you kind of have to sit through that. It's yeah. called like TV or something like oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so you have to to sit through ads, but it's worth it. Nice. I I actually I reached out to Chris and and I'd love to have him on the podcast and and stuff sometime. But he he was posting old clips of like him and his friends back in like I don't know middle school or something, and they were like making their own movies. And he would 
post clips in like the the stories or whatever on Instagram. And I I messaged him. I was like, man, I used to do the same fucking thing with my friends. And it was like right when like Scream came out. So we like had the mask, like that ghost face mask, and we would like run around chasing each other and like stabbing each other with knives and like had fake blood and like all this stuff. So like you know, just like making your own dumb movies, and they were terrible. It was like on that the big camcorder on your shoulder, you know. So we uh, we'd carry that around this giant thing, and then we'd record these like horror movies. And I was thinking, and I, I told him this. I was like, I I have kids now. I can only imagine if my kid came home, even if they were in middle school and was like, this is what we did over there. And it's like this movie where we're like murdering each other. I'm like, what the fuck? No way. Like, no, absolutely not. That. but that's what, that's what we did. I'd go over to a friend's house and we'd like fake murder each other for 45 minutes and on, on tape. And then we go home. It was like casual. Where were our parents? <laughs> like we're just making these like little kids snuff films. And they were just like, well, they're having fun. kids. <laughs> <laughs> Different times, yeah. man. Different times. I mean, yeah. I have kids of my own, and I'm the same way. I'm like, some of the shit that I did as a kid, I was like, oh, and then they're trying to do now. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. We can't do that. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah. I, I told him that he should like turn some of those old videos into like an acid mammoth uh, music video, though, because that would be cool. Oh, that'd wow. be rad. Actually, yeah. 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 We grew up with a. Uh, pretty successful filmmaker uh scott condit he owns uh or one of the owners of uh defensive marketing group here in phoenix so the the handy cam thing and stupid movies used to make he actually made a career yeah. out of it he's doing pretty well yeah so sometimes yeah. it works out but we had the same right. childhood <laughs> so we we tried i mean we, mostly it was like horror movies but we tried making like a comedy movie one time too which was like so bad. I mean, like with a horror movie, at least you're killing each other. That's the least entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> you try to like, like write a comedy movie when you're like, I don't know, 13 years old or something. Terrible. You can find no jokes. writing skills. <laughs> yeah, we got to see that. Yeah, but, yeah you yeah. post that an extra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure it's just uh, just awful. But what, what did we do? We did the the wannabe Pantera home videos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try, or like we're 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 the cool cool death metal band in town. It's <laughs> fun. It's fun. Yeah. So what is next for AWAS? You know, are, do you have shows lined up? Are you going to go back into the studio anytime soon? What are you thinking? So we've got uh, one show in June. Um, we've got some, you know, everything is kind of, uh, vague at this point. Um, mm -hmm. we'll, have, we'll have more and more announcements coming, um, pretty, pretty quick, like, um, and then in July, uh, we're actually doing a tour across the country. We're doing a one week tour. Um, we'll, uh, we'll be announcing who we'll be touring with and some of those gigs, uh, hopefully in the next, uh, week or so. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, so that's that's kind of the the focus right now um, is uh, is really beefing up the the life set and getting it getting it ready for a, a tour, um, and then after that, you know, and then we're going to use the tour as a way to to really work out some of the kinks in in some of these new songs. You know, mm -hmm. um, there's no better place than than the stage to to discover what works and what doesn't. Um, these people will let you know. Um, <laughs> um, so 
that's exciting. And then, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we can, uh, you know, set aside uh, some some money from from vinyl and from touring to uh, to head into the studio. And hopefully, not too long after we get back is the goal. Okay, so so later this year, late late this year, get back in the studio, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were going to record uh, the album, the second album, sooner, but you know we we wanted to to actually finally tour on some some Wayward Gods material. Yeah, uh, and we wanted to to really get a little bit more out there. Um, you know, you especially in Doom, you, you you've got a tour. Um, that's you know you can have as much of an online presence as you want, but touring is the bread and butter. Yeah. And I feel like this probably goes without saying, and you could probably say it about any genre of music ever, but like there's certain elements of like doom music specifically that I appreciate so much more in a live setting. Like I'm, I'm not one to really sit down and listen to like some 14 minute slow sludgy song. Like I'm just, I just don't, I don't have the the patience for it. I don't think when it's like in my ear, but if I go to a concert, Give me, you can give me feedback for you know twenty six minutes, and I'd I'd be fine with it. Uh, but I can't, but I can't sit there and listen to it. Yeah. On my I'll write that down as a note. I just can't listen. I can't listen to it when I'm like working out. Just like you know these like three riff fourteen minute songs. I can't do it. But if I'm in, if I'm at a show at a, at a venue, like I'm all for it. You know, it just it just hits different. So yeah, you have the all the ten inch, twelve inch speakers vibrating your uh, your jeans and. <laughs> soul yeah. uh, yeah. might have a little bit uh, uh you know illicit substances on board yeah it definitely yeah, helps out. yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> all right um i want to do a segment uh maybe my my favorite segment that we do because it's it's extra dumb it's just called dumb questions <laughs> and these are dumb so uh you can answer with a sincere answer if you'd like, or you can give a dumb answer. It's, it's really up to you. Perfect. So the, the, uh, the first question is that, uh, you know, a lot of cover songs done in like a heavy way are, are pretty interesting, and, and a lot of bands do them. Would you ever consider doing a cover of the Kansas classic, Carry On My Wayward Son, and call it Kansas, Carry On My Wayward Gods? <laughs> yes now we are now we yeah. are yeah <laughs> now we have a plan we, we were literally just talking about how we wanted to uh to add a, a cover song into the live set yeah uh, so you might have just solved uh, a band uh dilemma <laughs> yeah i think it'd be cool yeah, yeah i, I mean, agree i what, agree what could be better <laughs> All right, Blake, you often wear a, a vest with no shirt underneath on stage. We've talked, <laughs> we've, uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, being bigger dudes ourselves and yeah. maybe drinking too much. And now you're in a band. So um, why not change the name to A Waste? <laughs> that was actually the alternate name. Uh, we, uh, we, we weren't. You know, we were, we were like, ah, why not just change it? Yeah. <laughs> Did you consider changing the name? Waste, by the way. Was, you know, it's, uh... the the correct response to that was, "Hey, man, that's below the belt." Oh. 
Did you uh, did you ever consider changing the name though? Uh, I mean, you, you kind of like already had this like kind of uh, momentum built with AWAS. So even though you like became a band, I feel like it, it wasn't really necessary. Yeah, dude, it just took off. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, when I uh, you know first started all this, I, I just chose the name because I thought it sounded cool because I was reading a bunch of uh, Alistair Crowley and yeah. um, you know people seemed to like it. So I guess we'll stick with it. All right. Well, we'll keep that as a backup. Yeah, that, that's the backup, just in yeah. case. <laughs> as, as the waste grows, it's, it's uh, you know, it might not be a bad idea. <laughs> that's right. Let's talk about the Monday. Yeah. <laughs> All that's right. Uh, one of my favorite AWAS songs, and, and we talked about this already, uh, Man is God. So which man could you consider a god? Man, Pacquiao, Manfred Mann, or Lynn manuel Miranda? Personally, I'm going to go with Manfred Mann. Um, I, I actually really dig Manfred Mann's Earth Band. <laughs> it's kind of a, a fun, fun listen. Yeah. Um, oh, that was final a good answer, one. everybody. Manfred Mann. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Pacquiao is cool. Yeah. yeah, I like Pacquiao. A little small. Yeah. Okay. I mean, kick my ass. But... <laughs> Let's get that on stage. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is this you know is is slightly less dumb than the others, but it depends how you answer it, I guess. Uh, AWAS is the name given to a voice that Aleister Crowley reportedly heard back in 1904. So let's assume that you can speak directly to him. What would you say? Ooh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Damn. Uh, Should have shaved your head earlier. <laughs> yeah. coming, coming from a bald man you know once it starts going just 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 own it accept own it, it you know uh yeah. you, gotta, you gotta sometimes just rock it um and uh yeah i think he might might have uh might have had a lot better sex magic if he just shaved his head sooner <laughs> i would love that if <laughs> If this like mystical voice came to him and just said, "Dude, shave your head." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that voice when I start. I found uh, my first bald patch, so it was a very loud voice. <laughs> so you guys are a band now. Sometimes bands have disagreements. You spend too much time together. You have creative differences, etc. If you had to kick one person out, who would it be and why? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Your beard's really nice. Yeah, man. So, it's, it's got, you got the good beard going. Just like to see you guys play live, you know, not have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, actually. Just, I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to kiss myself all. out. Yeah, we're going to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. We just want to watch each other play. Yeah. Like, how do you guys look live? Yeah. Very like, diplomatic what? of you. Very diplomatic. <laughs> no, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't think we could... Uh, do it without the three of us you know like I, I think if you if you subtracted one of us and put you know someone else it, it just it wouldn't be the same and you know i i couldn't write these songs you know without these guys um they're not going to sound the same they're not going to be as good you know they it, it's it's an essential thing you know and um yeah i mean if, if one of these guys tapped out i, I don't know if i'd really want to keep it going you know. Fair enough. 
which we don't. All right, last, last question. <laughs> Blake, this one is specifically for you. Uh-oh. Uh, you've mentioned before that you enjoy Bruce Springsteen. So the question is, why? Uh, I think just a brilliant songwriter. We actually were just having this this discussion. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had an idea that was very quickly shot down. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, his lyrics really connect with me, man. Um, I uh, it took me a long time. Uh, it wasn't until my my like late twenties that I got into to Springsteen. I actually fucking hated him until then. Uh, and I guess uh, you just got to have that uh, that moment, but uh, next with you or doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've tried. I just can't do it. I don't hate Springsteen. I just yeah, whatever. I'm not a fan of no, he, he fucking hates him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you want you want to list off your your list well, of bands well, that you well, hate? Oh, Chili Peppers, Green Day, and Springsteen. <laughs> You're leaving out two ones that I was pretty pissed about, but we'll we'll let that slide. You're not going to mention Janis Joplin and Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah. not a, not a fan. Or Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of anyone that listens to like Rod Stewart solo and it's like, yeah, Sabbath. Yeah, Ze Zeppelin. Yeah, and the fuck with the Oh, I thought you were saying you didn't like Sabbath. I was like, what? Like, how did you not? <laughs> who was yeah, yeah. the first one? You said before the Stones. Who was the first one? Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. Oh, Janis Joplin. Okay. Yeah, just a little little Grady to me, and uh, yeah. I know a lot of people wrote her songs, so just not much going on there for me. Grady I don't really, good. I don't really know her like full catalog very well, but th the songs that I do know, I like. Okay, to each his own. Yeah. yeah. I just, uh, She's a Texas girl, so I got to support Oh, there you go. Oh, fuck That's that. where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was dumb questions. So uh, thanks thank for you. answering some dumb questions. <laughs> Not dumb at all. Well. <laughs> there, there's a couple pretty dumb ones in there. <laughs> uh, so what's going on in um, the Arizona scene? Or what kind of music are you guys listening to right now? What, what kind of stuff are you into? And it's all over the place. Um, <laughs> I, I I probably have the most all over the place uh, taste in, in the band. That's that's uh, my love for Bruce Springsteen and Enya shows. Uh, <laughs> Enya slaps. And Enya does slap. You know, <laughs> but she is she is the uh, the black metal of easy listening. All right. <laughs> that's, that's the correct case. <laughs> um. I don't know. I feel like we've uh, we've all been going to just a shit ton of live shows lately. Yeah. Um, well, you guys, Arizona really does. I mean, right, especially where you guys are with like the Yucca Tap Room or whatever. Like, there's just so many good shows going on right there. And like, I live in Rockford, where there's absolutely no one coming through this town ever. Or you go into Chicago, and it's like, yeah, there are there's some of those bands, but a lot of those bands that I like that are going through Texas and Arizona and stuff, they still don't really make it to the Midwest. They still don't really do a tour through Chicago. I mean, it's just like even the bands that I do like don't really even hit Chicago. So, yeah, Monolord does make it there. You know, Uncle Acid makes it there, that kind of stuff. But, like, that's it. Like, there's not really, like, these smaller, like, mid-level, low-level bands that are playing those kind of shows where you can just go on, like, a Tuesday night and pay 
six bucks to get in. Like that just doesn't really exist in my world here. So you guys are pretty fortunate to have like those kind of venues and stuff down there and the scene itself. <laughs> fortunate, but uh, broke and tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of late nights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The scene is great here. It's been incredible. We always play show. We have a bunch of brother bands. People we're close with, uh, you know, from our previous band too, that's transferred directly to this. So it's, it's been great. Uh, you know, Chris Beck from doom tomb. Uh, he kind of, yeah. he, he knows everybody in town and probably like you across the country. He's the so, godfather of, yeah. the, of yeah. the Arizona music yeah, scene. Yeah, he's doing great for everybody. So He's everyone's uh, favorite uncle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great scene. That's great. Yeah. Very yeah, I'm jealous for sure. I mean, and, and there's a lot of cities cities like that, but it just doesn't seem like it's it's happening around here too much. The Midwest just it seems kind of quiet. Or it's like, I mean, they're so spread out too. I mean, you can go to like Philadelphia and like the nearest city is like an hour away and they have a scene. And then another hour, they have a scene. Another hour, there's a scene. Whereas here in the Midwest, it's like there's Chicago and then you go six hours, maybe somewhere else. And there's like, you, you know, a couple of bands, but it's just so spread out here that yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's like, I mean, the, it's even just the homegrown scene here, you know, is, is really good. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of, you know, like your, your just shows that might not even have like a, a touring, you know, headliner or whatever, that'll just be a, a collection of local bands are, are generally pretty yeah. fucking sick, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of undiscovered talent here in town for yeah. sure. Yeah. A lot of guys that have been doing it for a long time and very talented. So very much so. So Blake, we, we talked a little bit about um, you going to shows and people like kind of starting to recognize you and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, what is, <laughs> what does that feel like? And for one thing, like how do they recognize you in the first place? Is it from like being at all these shows in Arizona or like they like do their research on the band, uh, like behind the scenes? I guess it's a combo. Um, okay. You know, um, if they've followed the Instagram for a while, you know, like I've, I've had people come up and be like, are you Blake? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe. Depends. But, you know, like I, I was at a, a show uh, last week. It was uh, Resin uh, came through right. town. They're actually from Chicago, like the one band that I, I yeah. Yeah. mentioned. <laughs> and uh, this guy came up to me and he was like, you're Blake. And I was like, uh, I guess so. Uh, and, he, and he like had on a flannel shirt over a, a T-shirt and he pulls open the flannel shirt. And he's got on an A-Wash shirt that he got at the Mono Lord show. Oh, no and shit. That's when things really, really changed. <laughs> that's wild. I mean, that, that's so, that's got to feel really weird. I can only imagine. Like, if I just showed up, like, at an airport and some guy was wearing a slightly fuzz shirt, like, my head would explode, you know? Like, it's just got to be really weird to, like, see people out in the wild that are, like, fans. I mean, they weren't expecting to see you necessarily. So it's like they were just fans. They just were wearing the shirt. Yeah. It was, there was a lot of that at the show. Like, nobody heard of the band. And I pretty much, we won over that audience for, for certain. There was just the feedback just right after. Like, there was a lot, so many people, like, in the spoken area just talking to us, like, holy shit, where were you guys? How did I, how have I not heard about you yet? So it's been it's been pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, the, the goal is always to, every time you play, make make some new fans, you know? And yeah. it seems like we, we did a pretty good job of that. It's a, it's a good place to start. It's a Mono Lord show, I suppose. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, we're just slowing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I know that you have the the repress going right now for yep. Wayward Gods. Uh, is there anything else that you want to tell anybody else to go do, go check out, go see? Give us a follow on Spotify, on Bandcamp, on Instagram, and we'll be uh, announcing more details about our tour in the, the next in the coming weeks. Um, so pick up a vinyl and uh, keep an eye out for us uh, when we come through to a town near you. And you did cassettes too. Do you have any cassettes left? You sell those out already. Cassettes are gone. We have we have CDs and we have one small shirt left. Awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be making more. Yeah, we're we're getting we're getting uh, more shirts soon. But uh, for all those uh, Doom fans who wear size small, we got you. There's no Doom fans that wear small. <laughs> yeah, we found that out. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We're out of XLs in about 30 seconds. So. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. XL and L uh, world out there. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for being on, and uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you this summer at some point if you uh, are doing a Midwest thing and hearing what you guys are, are putting out next. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome, man. Thanks thank again for having us on. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Later. Hope to see you, man.